Now, how do you say your last name? Cardez. Cardez? Mm -hmm. Is that Armenian? Um, it's supposed to be Polish, but okay. they kind of made it up at Ellis Island, like the spelling. Wow. So, yeah, that's where the SZ, like, they just did whatever they wanted to do. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, on, on today's podcast, uh, I have Elizabeth Cardas. Yep. Uh, who is a, a she's a fitness phenom. She, she does fitness coaching. And, uh, and not only are you, like, super fit, but you're super funny. I love watching and reading <laughs> your Instagram posts. I had no idea, like, it, to me, that's the hardest part. Is it's one thing to be able to post something cute or beautiful or uh, you know, food, whatever. Right. But the caption, the <laughs> captions everything. Right. Yeah, it's hard. Um, I know a lot of people say to plan your social media out ahead of time. Yeah. I don't. I used to. I tried it, but that's not real. That's fake. So once I started just kind of rolling with whatever and being more of myself and my voice, I feel like. It got a lot easier because I wasn't forcing it. Um, so, yeah, I think my Instagram has changed a lot um, as a lot of people's social media kind of evolves. But I like being me. Yeah. A super. So you is like super quirky, super funny. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. <laughs> yeah, I, I assume you have like a like you have a dance, like you have like a, a cheerleader dance background kind of vibe to you. Like what was your. Absolutely not. No? Absolutely not. Really? I'm like as far away from that as you could possibly get. So <laughs> always been in a bodybuilding? Or, oh, no. Or um, that didn't really start until about five years ago. Yeah. Um, before that, I worked out on and off, but it was nothing um, really serious. I would do the typical uh, start something new, go all in, here's what I'm going to do. And then I would uh, just kind of give it up after a few weeks or a weekend off or whatever and be off the wagon for another nine months. And then uh, I'd pick up the next fad, but nothing ever stuck until about five years ago. Um, now, why, why, did, why is what you're doing now sticking? Because I love it. It is what I want to do. Uh, people will ask me why I go to the gym seven days a week and they see it as maybe an obsession. But for me, that's my hour, hour and a half a day to put on my headphones, shut the world out, not be mom, not be wife, not be anybody. I can just get lost in exactly what I want to do. And not only am I doing what I want to do, but I'm going to get something out of it that's amazing. It, you're, you're so true. It's To me, it's like I, I go hiking all the time. And I love hiking. I have friends who don't even like walking. Like my <laughs> so my daughter and I actually walked here <laughs> to meet you. Yeah. And uh, she said she was about to pass out. But I was like, really? Like, it's a 20-minute walk. <laughs> but it's hot outside. We're in it Vegas uh, yeah. for the listeners out there. And it's like, what, like 105, 100 yep. and something, something. Yeah. And humid. Yeah. Uh, I understand. I haven't been outside today either. Uh, You're not Kate, missing so anything. So I understand. <laughs> 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 I completely get it. It's weird because I was in uh, Egypt and um, it was 114. Mm. But it's weird how 114 in one place cannot feel as bad as like something about 100 degrees in Vegas. Right. Feels... 10 times worse than 114 in Egypt. I don't know what's going on. Um, for me personally, because I live in Phoenix, I think it seems so much hotter here. Uh, one, the air is very stagnant. But two, um, I think when I think about going away somewhere, I think I'm not going to be sweating. Uh, and then I come here and it's the same thing. Right, right, right. What, um, you know, I, I've changed my modality, my fitness modalities also over time. Like, you know, because I, I played college football, so it was like lifting weights, and then uh, I got into uh, boxing and mm -hmm. then yoga and blah blah blah. To me, that just seems like when I meet people who are in a fitness, that's just kind of what they do. They they they're always adding, subtracting, incorporating, changing. Right. Because you got to keep it fresh. Absolutely. For yourself. Uh, very few people do I know who just have done one thing. For their entire life. Right. Like that to me. 
Like Arnold, I feel like Arnold Schwarzenegger is one of those guys. I believe so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He probably like, did the exact same things yeah. in the gym every Monday, every whatever. Yeah. I saw him at Gold's Gym, and he was still doing, like, uh, the bicep curl <laughs> on the machine. And I'm like, dude, you're, like, a 1,000 years old. Right. Like, it, it's that seems to be the exact opposite of what you should be doing. Agreed. At this age. Uh, but he still looks good. So but he still looks good, thing. and he's still sharp. And, you know, I can't knock him. Like, right. it goes back to what you said, doing what you love, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, I was, I was going through your Instagram, looking at your different posts, and it's interesting how when you talk about like what you eat or what your exercise mm-hmm. regimen is, people automatically they want the specifics. Yes. How long do you do cardio? Yes. Uh, how many reps do you do on each arm? Uh, what time do you go to the gym? And that's not fun. Right. Unless like you're training for something. Right. Then it, it's like, you, you know, you had a post where you talk about some days you go to the gym, you do 30 minutes. Some days you do 20. Some days you might do two hours. Yep. It's like, what does my body feel like? Can mm-hmm. you talk more about that, like tapping into that? And I'm really big on listening to your body. Um, I try to drill it into my clients as well that some days it's not going to be there. When you come off vacation, I actually have a bunch of clients because it's summer. They're vacationing and traveling, and they're disappointed when they get back and they're not lifting the same amount of weight or everything feels harder. Um, That means like you just need to ease back into it. Some people will come off of a break and hit PRs. Like that's awesome. I'm not one of those people. (laughs) I wish, but no. Um, And uh, I just think if you just do what makes you feel happy that day, that week, whatever it is, that one, you're gonna stick with it a lot longer. And also, you're going to enjoy it. It's not going to seem like a chore. It's going to seem like a privilege. It's the same thing with food. Mm-hmm. People ask me what to eat. I go, eat what you what tastes good. Right. And I, and, and I think we've got to a place where, uh, and I know this was me for a while, where I, I always associated things that tasted good were like fast food, McDonald's, uh, McDo- you know, Burger King, mm-hmm. and healthy food tasted bad. But... When you learn how to cook with herbs and spices right. and uh, different textures and temperatures, then you realize w- what an art cooking can be. Absolutely. And how you can make something um, so healthy and have so much flavor Absolutely. at the same time. And not only is it going to taste amazing, but when you're eating more vegetables and things that are voluminous, you're going to feel fuller. I can go to McDonald's and I could probably myself four cheeseburgers right, right. <laughs> to feel full. Whereas uh, today with traveling, for example, uh, I didn't have anything with me. I was kind of unprepared and I ran to the food court and I grabbed Panda Express. They actually have an option for greens instead of rice. And then they have a shrimp dish. So I did the greens with the uh, wok fired shrimp. It was like 400 calories. And I was stuffed because it was a ton of veggies and uh, what was in there? Snap peas and like broccoli. You can eat so much broccoli for 30 calories. (laughs) Like you'll feel like it's coming out your nose. (laughs) And and even though it's 400 calories because it's high fibrous Mm -hmm. foods, which I feel like we don't have that discussion enough. Everybody talks protein and carbs. Right. But fiber, which is what's going to move the food through your body, uh, is so important. And uh, so that 400 calories, you're gonna you're gonna poop that out yes. in uh, a matter of minutes. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> pooping is my Pooper, favorite pooping thing. Pooping is your favorite thing. <laughs> That's gonna be the title of the podcast. Uh, yes. Pooping <laughs> is. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> my whole house gets very proud of no, their I'm, own. No, <laughs> I'm serious. Like, if it, it, it takes me longer than two minutes to go, I'm upset. Right. I'm like, something's wrong. I, I don't understand. <laughs> The people that go in there and have to sit for a half an hour. When I see magazines in the bathroom, I go, y'all in trouble. Right? <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> you should not be finishing Reader's Digest Seriously. every time you go to the bathroom. Seriously. But when I was a kid, that was normal. I remember mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I didn't remember an adult who went to the bathroom who didn't come out like an hour later. 
Like it was just somebody when you saw somebody going to the bathroom, mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, that's gonna be I'm gonna have to entertain myself for a right. while. You know? Do you think that was because of the food or do you think that they were using that as an escape? We don't have or they didn't have the same thing as we have now. We can zone out with a phone now, whereas back then, if you're a mom and you've been momming all day, you might go hide in the bathroom for an hour. What you know what? Probably both. Right. I know I, I do it. I, I remember I've had jobs oh. <laughs> where, oh, my God, I spend so much time in the bathroom. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> have my feet up so nobody will know somebody's in there, but the door oh is gosh, locked. That's, that's awesome. weird. <laughs> I love it. I actually had this kind of the same talk with my trainer last week. We were talking about uh, back squats, and I hate them. Yeah. I'll do any variation of a squat. I just don't like them. So for me, like, I'm not going to do them, right? He'll make me once in a while because that's what I pay him for. But I was joking that when I did CrossFit, as soon as I saw front squats on the board, out of there. (laughs) I'd go to the bathroom and hide until I heard them done with it, and then I'd rejoin class. (laughs) No shame. (laughs) I'm out. So, you know, so not even front squats, back squats or front squats? You know, I'll do some front squats. But I just don't enjoy them. Goblet squats. Yes, I will do those I all I love day. a goblet squat. Same. Because you can go from the goblet squat to the kettlebell swing mm-hmm. to a reverse. Like It's like, oh, it's, there's fluidity there. Right. I don't, I don't know. I don't like the back squat either. I don't think it's natural. It's not natural. Like, when are we doing that Never. in our real lives? Uh, only Asians, when they go to the bathroom, are squatting. But they don't have weight on their back. Right. Because they, the, the, they got the little right. hole in the... I wonder floor. if it comes out faster. It comes out so much. <laughs> Let me tell you. So my friend, my, one of my neighbors bought the Squatty Potty. Oh, I bought one for my dad for his birthday. And they swore by it. And I'm like, I'm not, I don't know how much they are. But I'm like, I'm not buying something just to put my feet on top of it. Like, that seems insane. So I had a, a, a one of those plastic bins, you know, clothes bins. And I put my feet on there. And I can't believe how quick. Yeah. I thought I was, I was already pretty fast. Yeah. But with your feet up in on the box? I've read a lot about it. It's supposed to be really beneficial Game changer. and more natural. Way more natural. Yeah. Uh so that that's my um I'm excited. I keep the bin in the bathroom now. That's and people awesome. are like, "What? What's what is this for?" And I'm like, "Don't worry don't, about it." It's Don't ask <laughs> questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You've been married for 16 years. 17. 17. Yes. What what's the uh what's the anniversary date? It is uh oh my gosh, on the spot, March 17th. Wow, my mm-hmm. birthday is March 18th. Wow, so we're just in this celebratory uh yeah. um now I saw a post of yours where and I thought this was great where you talk about you've been married for at the time you were married for 16 mm-hmm. years, but to different people. Right. And then you went through his different iterations of who he was when you first married mm-hmm. him, a couple years in. You know, he had dad bod, the way he dressed, the money he was yep. making, losing his yep. passion for the job. I thought that was fascinating because a lot of, like, especially when you watch TV or movies, people will complain about how the other person has changed. Right. And here you are celebrating his change or his evolution. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that? Yeah, um, I believe that you're not going to be the same person. I got married when I was 20, which is quite young. My husband's a little bit older. I'm not going to be that girl that I was when I was 20. Now, on the inside, my soul, yes, the same. But the things I enjoy, the things that make me happy, the things that upset me (laughs) as I get older and more set in my ways, everything changes. And I think if you embrace it, that it can almost become an adventure. Um, If I look back at the things that we've done and jobs that he's had and moves we'd had to make for work, um, if you just look at it like, here's a new thing, here's what we're gonna do, it's gonna be awesome. I mean, it really is. But if you go into the mindset, into a marriage and the mindset that that's the person you're going to be married to for the rest of your life, like you're setting yourself up for disappointment big time. <laughs> and, and that's with anything, whether you're talking about your career mm-hmm. or your relationships or your family. Right. It's like it's an adventure because you don't know what's going to happen, right. which is why you got on the ride in the first place. Right. 
right? Like we get on this ride and we we like wanted to go this specific direction, but the right. thing that kind of lured you to it was I don't know where we're gonna end up. Right, yeah. You know? And I still don't know. Right. I'm thirty seven and I feel like I'm still young. I feel like I'm at a point in my life where I actually wrote an Instagram post about this today. Um, I think a lot of people would say that the past few years of my life and my husband's life and our marriage really is kind of like a midlife crisis situation because we both made so many changes in the last few years, physically, mentally, as a couple, as a family. And um, I think that... So I think a lot of people would call the last few years a midlife crisis, but I feel like I'm making decisions that are more educated now. So when you're 22 and you're making these decisions on your career, where you're going to live, if you're going to have kids, whatever, you have no knowledge base to go off of. So now I have all these years of knowledge to make decisions to make the next 37 years of my life the best that they can be. So I think that if you just kind of buckle up, go for the ride, um, it's okay to make changes. It's okay to mess up. It's okay to start over. It's okay to fail. I think that you can learn a lot from failure. I know that we personally have had things that we would not call a W. But uh, yeah, I'm all for whatever's happening. And if it's a midlife crisis, I'm here for it. Yeah, I just read somewhere uh, they were saying how for every plane that crashes, it saves like 5,000 other planes from crashing because of what they learned from that incident, Mm -hmm. you know, and then they're able to catch other, Mm -hmm. you know, even with the recent, um, there were like two planes that crashed like within a week or two weeks, and then they were able to get in there, figure it out, and now save so many lives because they studied I think a lot of people don't take the time to study their failures. They, mm-hmm. they try to get past it. They try to put it behind them yep. when really you should be getting in there and, 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 and figuring it out and where did we go wrong mm-hmm. and what were the decisions that led up to this and right. then we can course correct you know, so moving forward. So in the same idea as the plane crashing and saving other people, I think you can look at a marriage in the same way. I can look at people who are divorced And it's really kind of the same thing that they were doing before they were divorced, just like same thing, different day. So if I take what I know about other people's marriages, uh, problems, divorces, and apply it to my own situation, I think it makes me and my husband, actually, because we've talked about this, um, more willing and able to address our problems and kind of get ahead of it because our goal is to stay married. Like, that's what we want to do. That's it. Like, so if I have to look around and, you know, take from my environment and friends that maybe are divorced and wish they hadn't or ones that even did and did uh, improve their life because some marriages aren't meant to be and that's okay too. But if I really take to heart the things that they've learned and apply it to my own marriage, I think that my marriage has a much better chance of surviving. Great artists steal. I think Picasso said that. And I think people who are, are married, uh, great marriages, they pull from other, not just marriages, but other relationships, right? Mm-hmm. right? right. Whether you're talking about studying uh, married couples or even um, uh, corporate couples, like, right. you know, Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg, like mm-hmm. that's a that's a corporate couple. Like how do how do they right. work together? Or Steve Jobs and Wozniak, like what was their right? What was their magic formula? How do you and your husband talk about um, issues? Like, is there like a, a weekly meeting, or do you say I need to talk? Like, how do you how do you? I'll be really honest in this one. Uh, we were not great communicators for a really long time and little things turned into big things and we kind of had what I think a lot of people would consider a major marital problem recently 
And it was kind of one of those moments where either one of us could have used that as a catalyst to say, okay, like this is enough for me, I'm done here. Um, but what we realized when we were talking through it is we do want to stay together. We do want to be married. Like that's, that's it. That's the ultimate goal here. And what was the, I mean, I, I feel like you probably don't want to go into details about it. It's up oh, to you if you do. I'm, I'm good. What, what <laughs> can you say what it was? Sure. Um, so I feel like, I don't know if you caught this in social media a couple months ago, Aisha Curry's comment yeah. about how women just want to know they still got it. Yes. Uh, sometimes in a marriage, you forget that you still need to date and to court and to flirt. And um, when you possibly receive that attention from someone else, I think that it can really gas you up. I think you think it's amazing. I think you think that uh, that's the way it's supposed to be and it's better and possibly the grass is greener on the other side, um, but it's not. <laughs> and uh, we decided that we were gonna use it as a catalyst to put everything on the table, all the things that we'd shelved. I'm talking like, I have things that were shelved from when I was 22. He has things, you know, from right after our honeymoon. And we talked through everything, every single thing, because when you realize that your back is against the wall, like you don't have a choice. So you might as well just lay it all out on the table. And we both did. And the last few months of our marriage have been the most amazing. Like if you take the happy moments from the last four months of our marriage, they probably outweigh the 16 and a half years before. Wow. 100%. I love so many things about what you just said. One, to go back just a little bit, yeah. when you said, we, our goal is to stay married. Yes. Like, the, the goal isn't to win the argument. It's not to uh, figure out what you've been up to. Right. It's like, the goal is to stay married. Right. And when you both, realize have that same shared goal. Because mm -hmm. I think I, I've talked to a lot of couples. A lot of couples don't think about that. Right. They don't think about, oh, we, we want to stay married. How do we do this? It's like, I think a lot of people are in marriages and they're trying to figure out how to protect themselves in case they get a divorce. Absolutely. Which is a different mentality than saying, I want to stay married right. to you. Um, and I'm realizing, I'm thinking about even uh, just my life and uh, stand up and different things. And the day when I said, I want to live to 100. When you say that versus I just want to get by mm -hmm. or I'll see what happens. Right. It changes your approach to everything. Absolutely. Concrete goal. Concrete goal. You know, I, I, you know today, this morning, I wasn't wanting to get out of bed. And I was <laughs> like, you're not going to get to 100 laying in bed, Leo no. Flowers. You got to get up. You got to get moving. You know, you're, you're a shark. You know, sharks don't sit around. Right. Um, so once you have the, the, the bigger picture in mm -hmm. mind, then you can sit down and then you guys put all your stuff on the table. All of it. As uncomfortable, awkward, painful as it was, we did it. And I feel like I've had a weight lifted off me physically. I feel happier. My anxiety is less. Um, I don't feel like I am hiding all the time or, like you said, protecting yourself. Because when divorce was a thought, we both thought the exact same thing. Within the first 48 hours of our explosion, we both had an exit plan. And that's scary. Like, how are you going to take something that's 17 years old wow. and three children and we've lived everywhere, done everything, and just toss it like that doesn't even make any sense so if your goal is to fix what's broken not just go buy a new one i think that that's a better mentality to uh apply to your marriage 
Starting over is so hard. <laughs> now you gotta tell all the same stories again. Right. Like I'm like, you know, I'm dating and I I if I have to tell one more girl what I do for a living and and how it how it is to do stand up, I'm mm-hmm. gonna uh, it's not gonna be good. Right. No, I could totally <laughs> see that. I would have such anxiety about dating. I would probably be the worst date ever. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm just telling the same stories a million times. It, it's not, it's not good. Um, and so now moving forward, mm-hmm. though, because you you know you guys had so much, uh, so many emotions, so many. Um, issues, things that you had put on the shelf that, right. that weren't discussed. Mm-hmm. How have you decided to discuss those things moving forward so then it's not building up again and then another 17 years, right? right? I feel like we have been so honest with one another about everything in the moment. So it's not like we uh, just kind of shelf it until later and come back to it or whatever. Um, If he's traveling, I'll shoot him a text. And if he's at work, I'll call him. And we just put it out there. And he has adopted the mentality that he's not going to be mad about anything. And it is what it is. And we'll just deal with it. And I think... I've kind of always had that mentality, but I'm definitely more solid in it now. Um, We are just in, like, the best place ever right now, and I couldn't be happier. And did you you go into any therapy or any... uh, Nope, nothing. You you worked it out yourself. It was a lot of talking, a lot of crying, (laughs) a lot of texting. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, no, it's, it's awesome, and I just feel really free. Um, and, and not to go too much deeper into it, is there something that since that discussion that you yourself have said, I'm not going to do this anymore? What's something you stopped doing or you've done, you're doing less and it was something you decided to do more of? You really want to know? Yeah. Um, I think I pulled the standard female card that a lot of women pull and I would use sex as a reward and also withhold it as a punishment. And I know it's not right. I know it's not the way to go about a successful relationship or marriage, but I think when you feel like that's your only card to pull, you pull it. So uh, I have not done that since. <laughs> uh, maybe as a reward a little bit still. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, oh, no. you got a raise? <laughs> like, we've had more sex in the last four months than the last four years. Like, for real. <laughs> so, I, what I really, what I want to extract from that, and tell me how you feel about this, is that so many people are walking around thinking that they don't have a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Energy for their relationship, energy mm-hmm. for their work, energy for themselves. Yeah. And the truth is, it, and I think for a lot of people, it's because you're holding on to so many of your emotions and your thoughts and your feelings and your resentments that it's it's eating you up. Absolutely. And it's stifling you. It's weighing you down. 100%. So that, because... Once you guys put all that out there and you took it all off the shelf and you laid it on the mm-hmm. table, now you're looking at each other like, oh, yeah, yeah you know? Right? Yeah, right? <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> no, I honestly feel physically lighter. Yeah. 100% without a doubt. Um, I struggle with anxiety and depression anyways, and I feel like what you said is spot on. I think that... I was holding it in, and it was literally weighing me down. When you say struggling with anxiety and depression, in what way? Like, how how does that show up for you? So I've always struggled with both as far back as I can remember. Um, It comes and goes. It uh, isn't always there for me. Um, I've gone periods as long as seven years with not needing any kind of medication or help or whatever. Um, But I have social anxiety. Um, I don't like big crowds. Um, 
I actually don't even like shopping anymore because of it. <laughs> Which <laughs> I is hate terrible. It's like my yeah, favorite thing. Right? <laughs> oh. But uh, so yeah, I a lot of it has to do with people, with my anxiety, um, and then with my depression. It's just it's always been there. I think that uh, maybe a little bit of it is genetics. I know that both of my parents have struggled with it, um, and. I think when you have the predisposition and then you're put in a situation that maybe someone who doesn't struggle would be fine or could shrug it off after a couple of days, it's just harder. And it just uh, might take longer or outside help to get through. Now, you know, I think... uh so many people, because I get this too, because uh, I struggle with anxiety and mm-hmm. depression, especially social anxiety. I, I, you know, I'm in Ve- we're in Vegas right mm-hmm. now, and the, the the idea of walking down the strip is like I, everything in me just wants to shut down and hide. One hundred percent. Um, but I think that people think because you know we have a large social media presence mm-hmm. that we are performers that we you know post a lot and that we love being around people and with people and it's it's like the exact opposite what i find is the people that you think are the happiest and portray the most energy are sometimes not always but often they are the ones hurting inside the most i have a friend who said something to me similar recently and it shook me uh, like to my core. She said that the reason she's so over the top and energetic and loving and just showering everyone with her energy is because she's never felt it ever from anyone in her life. And she knows how bad she wants to feel it. So she makes sure other people feel that. Wow. Right. Maybe that's why I cried. I saw this movie, <laughs> The Last Black Man in San Francisco. I don't okay. know if you've seen it. It's, uh, it's out in the theaters. It's not It's not a wide release, so that's, okay. that would explain why you haven't seen it. Um, but it's about, and I'm not giving anything away, no spoilers, but it's about two brothers who are not, two black men mm-hmm. who are friends, best friends. And uh, they are uh, trying to, Buy a house, an old house. That, that's the that's the, the basic crux of it. Okay. But um, it it was one of those movies where, as I'm watching it, I couldn't wait for it to be over. I was mm-hmm. like, "This is boring. This is stupid. This is horrible." And as soon as the movie finished, I was in tears. I sat there and cried through the entire credit as they rolled. I mean, the lights were on. The dude was sweeping by mm-hmm. my feet. Like, you know, and, and the next crowd for the next movie was starting to yeah. come in. And and I couldn't figure out why it got me like that at the end. But I think part of it was um, their natural uh, love for each other, mm-hmm. just in, like in a brotherly way. Yeah. And then a love for uh, what they were trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and maybe me not really having felt that, you know, yeah. like wanting that for my father, right? That, you know, but you know, at I, I, at the time, I was like, why am I balling like this? Why is it? Why is it? You know, because yeah. it, but but it touched something it, and it hit close to home. It, yeah, but it made that you makes uncomfortable. Sense. Yeah, right. When was the last? So the la- when was the last time you cried? Oh gosh, are we really gonna do this? Uh, Yesterday. <laughs> did, did she- um. I've cried a lot lately, and that's not typical for me. Gotcha. I think uh, it goes back to holding everything in. I've gone years without crying, which is probably not healthy. Um, but now, like, I've teared up, like, three times already talking to you. <laughs> I held tough, though. Like, I'm good. Game face. Uh, but, yeah, no, I think that I just am more in touch with my feelings and I'm willing to acknowledge them more now. Right. It, it's, uh, I, I know I'm doing this whole thing. Like when I feel something, I go, wait, am I, am I sad? Am I angry? Is mm-hmm. this, 
anxiety? Is it overwhelm? Like I'm just like trying to click through. Yeah. Uh, and then I go, oh, that's it. And then once I, I'm able to find it, I feel 10 times better. Right. But it's like, oh, I'm like, what is it? It's like none of those, you know, then I'm like scrolling through a list of emotions. Right. Oh, they're okay. All yeah. right. You know. Um, and so you, you talked about meds. Are you taking meds now or how are you using those? Yeah, I am. Um, I'm taking Wellbutrin. It's something that I took a really long time ago. And I actually didn't like it then. But with the things I was struggling with a year ago when I got back on it, uh, they felt like that was the best choice for me. They said, try it. And it's been amazing this time. I don't know if my body chemistry changed over that amount of time or whatever, but I feel, I don't feel medicated. Like I always felt like there was this dam holding everything back when I was taking medication. Wow. Like it was fine. Like I was going to get through it, but it was all right there on the edge. And it's almost like I couldn't even deal with it. Like it made me even maybe compartmentalize my feelings even more <laughs> uh, rather than work through them. And I don't feel that way at all this time. I feel like myself, but with better coping skills. Um. What are those coping skills that you're using now? Um, my goal for 2019 when I made a little list of resolutions, I don't do like typical resolutions. I try to do things that are logical and obtainable. One of my 2019 goals was to talk more because I don't. I will just shut my mouth and I think I don't want to um, have conflict, so I just roll with it, and over time, that builds up. So me being able to say, for example, to my husband what I'm angry about, what I'm upset about, what did not make me feel good, etc., has been a lifesaver. Not only for me, but I'm sure for my whole family as well, because now if I just tell them, they know, and we can just address it and move on. Whereas before, I think they were probably tiptoeing around, not knowing what was going to set me off. So now they know. That <laughs> to, So full disclaimer, uh, me and Elizabeth, wait, uh, Elizabeth and I, me and Elizabeth I. Uh, I always try, I'm trying to, I was like, wait, which was uh, Elizabeth and I? I think so. Uh, were, <laughs> how old is your daughter? She's 11. She's 11. Kate, right? Yeah, so Kate is in a room with us, uh, and, and she's nodding in agreement with uh, with my uh, pronoun, verb, what, what pronoun? Quick little grammar check. Yeah, more of my quick little <laughs> grammar check. She's our grammar check uh, checker. I'm going to have her on every uh, podcast right? now because I, I struggle with that. But, um. So Elizabeth and I had, um, we podcasted before. Right. And I was a little high. Yes. <laughs> Wait, did, did Iman tell you this? Oh, my gosh, no. So Why I didn't know. Why wasn't I? Huh? Why wasn't I? <laughs> so what happened so was I was taking, I took an edible. Okay. And, and then as soon as I took the edible, Iman was like, yo, Elizabeth would love to podcast with you. <laughs> and I was like. Okay, because the, the edible didn't kick in, right. and and you were on the other side of town. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I could make it there back, and then the edible will probably kick in a little later. Right. And since I rarely take edibles, mm -hmm. right, as I'm driving to you, the <laughs> edible kicked in so quickly. Oh, my god. To gosh. the point where I didn't think I was going to make it. To, I was like, really? Le I was like, Leo, just turn around. This is not good. Like oh I'm gosh. paranoid. Like, time is slow. Mm -hmm. and, and like, I'm just, I'm, I'm just going nuts in my head. And so I, you know, I get to your room and, and I swear to God, we're, so we're podcasting and for what I thought had been two hours. Really? In my head, I was like, we've been here for two hours. This is enough. It'd been 20 minutes. Really? Yeah. Wow. And so I go, all right, we're done. That's enough. And, uh, you know, I cut it off and I looked at the timer and it was like 21 minutes. I was like, oh my God. And I just, I was like. 
I could not sit through. And I was like, in my, I was like, I, I'm not here. I could not, so I left. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but I bring it up mm-hmm. because your energy now, today, is so much different than, what was that, six months? No, it was like three. Three months mm-hmm. ago. Three, four months ago. So I don't know where you were in your relationship. Like, if you guys had just had that conversation. Do you want to know? Yeah. It had just happened. Wow. I was in the thick of it when we spoke last. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you're, it's like as soon as you walk through the door today, I was like, this is a completely different Elizabeth. I have no doubt. And uh, I mean, I'm I'm complete. I'm definitely not the same <laughs> person as. Oh my and, gosh. and I told I was like I told Iman who who uh, Iman helps me book uh, people for the podcast. Um, I was like, man, tell her I'm sorry. It was so short. I, I wasn't present, and and that's why I didn't upload it because even though there was some great gems in there, I just knew it wasn't me at my best, and right. I, I felt like we didn't. Uh, you know, it, it just wasn't it didn't get that click that mm-hmm. we have now. And a good call because look at this this, Here this we are. dynamism, yeah, right? uh, that that we're getting as a result. So I, I just wanted to acknowledge the the difference, and I could feel it and see it in you. So you're not just I don't doubt talking it, one bit. it. You 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 know, the eye contact is real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's something I definitely wouldn't have done before. Yeah, I would have hid. Actually, I probably wouldn't have even come, let's be honest. I probably would have made up an excuse. Right, right. You're like too far. Mm-hmm. You go through the mm-hmm. lobby and, right. you know, it, it, your brain would have. Yeah, talked yeah, myself out absolutely. of it for sure. Oh, I, oh, I've done that. Mm-hmm. So you have three kids. Yes. Uh, 11, Kate's 11. And 14. Then 14. And seven in a couple of days. Wow. Yeah. Oh well, that's that's beautifully spaced out. I Seven, know it was 11, pretty good. Four, yeah, like you, did you plan that? Plan it that way? No, I didn't plan to have any kids. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. I never saw that coming. And so you guys obviously discussed that, or just they just we actually out. thought that we couldn't have children. Oh. So that's kind of the way. Again, going back to when you get married and really don't have a clue about what life's going to be, uh, we planned our life based around no children. And then three years later, I believe, I got pregnant with my son and I was actually like 10 or 11 weeks pregnant when I found out because in my mind, it wasn't a possibility. I thought I had the flu and uh, huge surprise. It was awesome. And once I had him, I realized that I did have that motherly gene that I thought I was missing. I was the kind of the person that would like hold the baby out in front of them <laughs> when someone would say, do you want to hold my baby? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know that scene from Mr. and Mrs. Smith where they hand Angelina Jolie the baby and she just stands there yeah. with her arms extended. Yeah, that was me. So funny because like she has 12 kids now. Or right. Something. She has like an orphanage. Right. <laughs> but that was me 100%. And I thought I just didn't have it in me. And it wasn't, it didn't come like, you know, the minute he popped out, but it was there and it was real. And I knew that that's what I was meant to do in this life on this earth was to have a family and be a good mom, be a good wife. And uh, I think we've done a really good job. I know. Kate, so look at Kate's over there posing. She's like, voila. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because you're in Vegas because Kate has had a a dance competition. What kind of dance is it? So right now she does all styles of dance. So she's here competing in the national competition. Wow. And uh, this will actually be her last time doing this because she has decided to move on to Strictly Ballet. Wow. She'll be switching schools because of it. Yeah. And uh, she'll train ballet a bunch of hours a week and that's it. So she made a decision that she felt like had a career path and she's on her way. Uh, now, what got you? In the, what got her into ballet? Was it black? Did she see Black Swan or? No, actually, she hated ballet. She cried every, for seriously like three years. She cried. Oh yeah, because you're in your toes all the time. That can't it's be comfortable. Boring. It's brutal. Oh, boring. Oh, for the little ones, it's awful. To, oh. You know, an hour or sometimes an hour and a half of just standing quietly and yeah. 
small movements and holding your body, et cetera, whatever. It's brutal. Like, it's torture. So she would actually cry on ballet days. And now she gets upset if they have to, like, move the ballet class or take it off the schedule for that day. And she realized in the last year, because she has a new coach, that that's what she loves. Isn't it fascinating that the things that we start off hating, mm -hmm. uh, we, we come to love? And, and I think it's a great thing to point out because I think we live in such a, a culture of uh, where people give up on a relationship mm -hmm. because they don't feel it immediately yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. Like we, we all have this idea probably from the movies of like, you know, two people see each other from across the room, they lock eyes, and then yeah. there's this instant blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, you go into a job, uh, you start working on a job, and you got to love it from the first day, and it's like – no, you, you can. We can learn to love something mm -hmm. that we once hated. Right. You know. I think when you go into something, anything, with a certain expectation, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. So thinking that you, you hate ballet, you're probably gonna hate it. Now she was lucky enough to have something flip with a new teacher, and it sparked passion in her. But when you set yourself up to you know, against the standards of society or whatever. And, you know, we need to date for this long and then we need to get married. And why hasn't he proposed? And I should have kids by now. And my clock is ticking. You are not like in the lane for success. I don't, I don't know what else to say. Like expectations suck. They, they completely <laughs> suck. And, and teachers are great because it is all about finding a great teacher. Mm -hmm. You'll do anything if your mentor, your coach, your teacher, your partner is somebody that you actually uh, care and respect for, and they know how to pull the best out of you. Right. You know? Um, being a fitness coach, mm -hmm. you have uh, tons of clients. You have clients worldwide, right. global. The What are people struggling with the most? It's easy to say food mm -hmm. or not going to the gym, but... What are they really, when, when you get to the, the bones of it? It's consistency, 100%. Um, everyone knows, okay, not everyone. Most people know what they need to do. Um, I have a lot of clients that probably are smarter than I am on a lot of things, but they just need someone there to kind of keep them on track and check in with them and uh, make sure that they're sticking to the plan. And they know that, like they know they're paying me just for accountability and they're okay with it because it does keep them moving forward. Um, I think if you could just, um, you know, stick with whatever you try. So of course, like you can try any diet or workout and do it for three, six weeks, whatever. and think you're going to see this huge change. And then when you don't, you get frustrated. Um, but if you just stick to a proven plan, which, you know, dieting and working out, if you stick to it, like, you're going to get results. It's inevitable. It's not mathematically possible to not get results. Right. So uh, there's going to be hard times. And if you need to hire a coach to get you through those hard times, I know I myself have even hired a coach a couple of times to get me through when I feel stuck or when I feel like I've plateaued or maybe I don't know what I want to do next. It can be a great tool. Yeah, people who are in fitness, everybody uses a coach. Right. You need somebody to hold you accountable mm -hmm. and to push you through because eventually you will plateau. Yep. And you will run out of ideas. You'll run out of ideas of what to make for breakfast or lunch or dinner, oh, of how totally. to work your biceps or your butt or your, mm -hmm. you know, your back or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm constantly scouring YouTube and asking people questions for like different workouts and different ways to to move my body because mm -hmm. that's what gets me excited. Yeah. That's what gets me excited the most is like learning a new move, whether it's uh, shoulder mobility exercise mm -hmm. or glute activation or whatever it is. And I go, oh, I can't wait to try that. Yeah. I can't wait to see how that feels, mm -hmm. you know. So it's like finding those things that get you excited, even when it comes to food. Right. Um, 
So what do you say to somebody when they call you and they, they've been consistent and then they, they fall off? Um, how do you, what do you, what are you saying to them to get them back? Or what are you asking? What are you saying or asking? Or So the first thing I do is I try to identify where we went wrong. So I will typically know when someone is falling off track. They communicate less. They don't reply to my text when I ask them, you know, how their day was or how it ended up. Um, so I try to get ahead of it. And I think I can kind of keep them moving when maybe they wouldn't do it on their own. But after a vacation, after an injury, um, it's a little harder to get people, you know, because it feels like you're starting over. I actually had a client text me today. She went on vacation and she gained a few pounds and she sent me a photo and she's like, I just want to be back to where I was before. So yeah, like you are going to kind of start over, you know, back to the gym. We're going to have to cut some calories. You're probably going to have to do some cardio. Um, and that's hard. And you feel like, you know, everything that you worked for is ruined and it's not, first of all, you're gonna bounce right back. Like, and I think people don't realize how quickly that can happen when you travel and uh, overeat. Most of it's water. So if you just give it a few days and just jump right back into it. Like, I don't change anything at first. I say, let's give it a few days on your plan from before. Hit those same numbers, do whatever cardio you would do normally, and let's see what happens. Because I bet most of it's gonna fall right off. And it typically does. Yeah, if you've been traveling a lot, water, cortisol levels, mm -hmm. uh, all that stuff could could force you to yeah. to, to to put on a few. The time of the month, Ugh. it could just like if it's just like a. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I can look seven months pregnant sometimes. <laughs> right, I was I was wondering so like with pregnancy and because I, I was just I don't know why I just thought about this a uh, a few weeks ago, but a woman if if you're on if you're taking meds mm -hmm. like well butrin. Mm -hmm. But then you're also taking maybe birth control pills. Mm -hmm. um, but then you get pregnant. Do you have to stop taking? It the depends on. So Wellbutrin is not considered safe in pregnancy. There are other meds that are. So when I was taking Wellbutrin before, and we decided we were going to have another child, I went ahead and weaned myself off. Um, but typically in pregnancy, I think the default is Prozac because it's uh, the most studied, it has the most research behind it, and they feel is the safest for a pregnant or a nursing mom. Got you. And well, how do you feel about CBD? Are you taking CBD or THC? I'm actually not. I should, though. Why, why should you if you've never, if you haven't taken it? Um, well, it's not legal in Arizona yet. Oh. Yeah, so that kind of is a holdup for me. Got you. Uh, but I believe that it has great benefits. Like, I think that I could probably reduce or even eliminate my prescriptions if I had access. So I, like I said, I occasionally dabble in, mm -hmm. uh, in edible. Um, but it makes me feel groggy the next day. Mm hmm uh, uh, but I, but mine has THC. The CBD doesn't. I don't right. feel a difference with the CBD. Right. The THC, I definitely feel mm -hmm. effects from that. But usually, it's like a groggy effect the next day. Um, so, but it's interesting because different people have a different yeah. relationship with it. But people who are like diehard uh, into it uh, prefer to to smoke the weed versus taking an edible. Mm -hmm. They said that the the smoking is uh, more natural. But for me, smoking just makes me hack my lungs mm -hmm. up. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it definitely goes back to what feels right yeah. uh, for you. Yeah. Right? Um, how, can, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, you can get me on my Instagram. It's yeah. that awful last name, Elizabeth Cardez. <laughs> I'll spell it K-A-R-D-A-S-Z is my Instagram. Um, I also have another page that I maintain just for fitness and food recipes, and that is Elizabeth K underscore fit. What's your favorite food recipe? Favorite food or, recipe. Or like what? Like what? Like right now? Like every now and again, I get excited about s cooking or eating. Like what kind of things. kick am I on right now? Yeah. Oh, geez. I, you know, I'm gonna be honest here. 
Uh-oh. I've been lazy with the food <gasps> lately. I know. I know. I haven't been cooking a lot. Um, I've been kind of defaulting to a Bars. lot of just chicken. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> chicken, steak. Um, I haven't been really creative in the kitchen. And I'll see some of my clients' stories with their food, and then yeah. it'll list the calories and the macros. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, can you send me that? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> the uh, I, I love overnight oats. Oh, my yes. Favorite thing. Those are awesome. And those are so good. I'm like, how am I just now discovering this? Oh, you you didn't know about that? I didn't know about it. Oh, my gosh. Recently. I know. So good. I, it's like I, I put everything in there. Do you? It's probably like a 10,000 calories. I was just going to say, <laughs> that's a slippery slope. It's such a slippery slope. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Everybody thinks just because they're healthy oh items that they're putting in, it's okay. I, I'm putting in oats. Uh, chia seeds, flax seeds, uh, walnuts, yep. uh, blueberries. Uh, what else do I put in? Ban- banana. Slice up a couple. Mm-hmm. A little bit of banana. Um, uh, I'm getting excited just now thinking about a little almond butter. Like uh, way, way too many nuts, but it, <laughs> but it tastes so good. If you love it, and, roll right, with it. Right, you gotta put something red in there. Then it becomes about the colors. Oh, too. yeah, you gotta make it pretty. <laughs> yeah. Did your food come out Instagrammable? Like, that's oh, right, what you right, need right, to right, ask. right. You got to eat for the gram. You <laughs> that's know? right. You Phone eat eats for first. <laughs> um, is there is there anything that uh, you you want to say to people out there uh, who might be struggling with even getting started? That's the hardest with the part. The workout or the or the food. That's the hard part. Just getting started yeah. is the hardest part. Once you make that decision and you commit and you take that first step into it, you're already on your way. Um, you're one meal away from being on track at all times. Like you're only one meal away. You're only one workout away from being back in the gym. Wow, that's powerful. You're only one workout you're right because it's all about momentum right and it it starts right now yeah you know you watch those basketball games where the team is up by 20 Mm -hmm. and then there's one play yep and it turns the entire game around and you could feel it everybody Mm -hmm. feels it you know the other team knows the coach calls a timeout but he can't stop it it's too late the play happened Mm -hmm. it's over you know they're about to score 50 points on you in a row yeah it's incredible Um, if you kind of think ahead in your life and maybe look five years in the future and if you were to continue doing what you're doing right now and not make any changes to your diet, to your exercise, to your stress levels, your job, your sleep, what's that going to look like? If you would have made a change five years ago and you would have done all the things you're saying you're going to do right now, how would you feel? You'd feel amazing. You'd be exactly where you want to be. So if you just get started and commit, you're on your way. Do you have any acronyms, uh, you know, to help people? Like, you know, I one of my acronyms is GERMS. Okay. Uh, which is uh, Journal, Exercise, Read, Meditate, Self-Talk. Oh, I like that. Um, but then my other one, and that's what I do every morning. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I immediately journal, I do those mm-hmm. five things. And then, um, like, when I'm struggling with anxiety or depression, like, if it hits me in the middle of the day or some weird time, I think about meds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's meditate, exercise, uh, diet, and then socialize. Oh, so socialize. Because, you know, struggling with anxiety, depression, you can isolate yourself. And you can uh, get to a point where you're not reaching out and connecting with people. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a reminder to myself that uh, uh, if I if my feelings of depression or anxiety uh, or even suicidal ideation, uh, a lot of it comes from like you said, not expressing myself, not mm-hmm. talking to people, not reaching out, not connecting. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, have I taken my daily meds today? Mm-hmm. You know. And I, like I go, that. oh yeah, oh, you know. That's so good. Yeah. I, I love it. And then I just go through that checklist and. Um, uh, be like, oh, I, f- I forgot to social. I forgot the S. You know, mm-hmm. I forgot the E. Or right. my diet. Oh, I had a lot of sugar. No wonder I feel a little off. Yeah. So then it also helps me to quickly uh, understand why I might be off versus yeah. catastrophic. Ca- 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 
catastrophizing. <laughs> a lot of I'm struggling with a one. lot of words today. <laughs> catastrophizing everything and feeling like, oh, here it goes again. Yeah. I'm never gonna feel better. This is, you know, it's only gonna get worse. Things yeah. like that. And it's like, no, wait, Leo. You you had a lot of sugar, and we know what sugar does to your your moods. Or you didn't get a lot of sleep, mm-hmm. or et cetera, et cetera. Um, last question. Yes. I always feel like a lot of people who are listening, and not a lot of people, but I always feel like there's one person who's listening who might be on a precipice of taking their life. What would you say to that person before you kill yourself? I would say you're worth it. There's people that need you. There's people that depend on you. There's people that love you. And... Their world isn't going to be the same without you. Um, I think your time is valuable. I think that every day is a new chance, a new opportunity to um, change. And maybe tomorrow you won't feel like that. And, uh, yeah, I just think that you're worth it. Have you struggled with that yourself with the depression? Did it get to that place? Uh, I have been in that place, yes. Attempts? No attempts. Um, I was kind of in the place where maybe you think, oh, if that car just hit me right now, it'd solve a lot of problems. Mm. Uh, I kind of had that death wish for a while and walked around with it and just figured that if that happened, things would run smoother without me, but that's not true at all. Um, I've never had a plan, uh, but the thoughts have been there and I think about my kids, I think about my husband and I know that they need me. You know, we do have that idea that if we weren't here, that everything else would be better, but... It feels uh, that way often. When I travel for work, I feel like everything is running so smoothly at home. I'm like, how is this possible? Like, how are you guys, like, kicking ass over here without me? (laughs) Um, So that's kind of hard sometimes, but it's easy to do things in, you know, short spurts. And when my husband has to be Mr. Mom for a few days or a week or whatever, it's easy. Um, So you do kind of think that maybe they don't need me, but I know they do. You you know, because really what the the, the sign of being a great parent is how do things run when you're not there? Mm You know, if if you have to be there, just like a, a great manager. Right. If the great if a great manager has to be there all right. the time, he's not a great manager. Exactly. He should be able to let the employees do what they do, mm-hmm. and and that's great. But we don't think like that in relationships. We think, oh, you you did you did you got what done in the, in the week that I was gone? Right? Oh, so you don't really. But <laughs> we also don't realize that, like, we're we're motivated by the people in our lives. You know, my dad wasn't around that much mm-hmm. as a kid, but a lot of things I did was with him in mind. Right. I, I wanted to, you know, make him proud, and I wanted, I, I was like, I could, when I did see him, I wanted to share things with him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and sometimes we don't say that to the person, you know. You, sometimes you don't realize that your kids are motivated by making you proud and, that, that look that's going to be on your face when you come home and everything's clean and, you know, people right. are in, everybody's in bed and the, and the, and the, and the lunches are made <sighs> for the next right. day. Yeah, and clothes are ironed and everything's washed. And you don't, you don't realize that they, were, they got that done because of you, right. because they were thinking of you and, and anticipating your return. Mm-hmm. You know, we just go, oh, I was gone. They did well. I clearly, I don't need to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you invited me over to do this podcast, I looked at my daughter and I said, hey, do you want to find a friend to stay with or do you want to come with me? And she said, you're here supporting me, so I'm going to go support you. 
See, now you're trying to make me cry. I know. Come on. She's 11 so and good, said right? that. Oh. Yes. See. And here she is. <laughs> so that means I'm doing a good job. She wouldn't have said that if I wasn't here. Oh, man. This, this feels like a This Is Us episode. I know. <laughs> right? <laughs> Elizabeth Cardass, yes. thank you so much thank for being you. a guest. Thank you for bringing your lovely daughter, Kate, uh, sitting quietly in the corner in her uh, ballet pirouette. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, form. Uh, thank you, listeners, for listening. Once again, I always want to remind the, you guys that this podcast is not a substitute for you going somewhere for help, for you getting therapy, for you talking about your emotions, for you calling that 1-800-SUICIDE phone number or 1-800-TALK or call the Trevor Project uh, for those struggling with LGBTQIAP issues. Uh, you can, there's even numbers you can text, and those are always listed in my show notes. So you guys can scroll to, through the bottom of the show notes, and I have all those different numbers uh, listed for you. Uh, check me out on Leo uh, on Instagram at leoflowers2000, or we have an Instagram for the Before You Kill Yourself where I just post the uh, show episodes on that uh, Instagram account, and that's at Before You Kill Yourself. Uh, and stay tuned because... I, I I think I'm 99% sure I'm doing the Life is Beautiful Festival here in Las Vegas. 200,000 people will be here, and uh, we're going to do uh, a podcast, I think a live podcast, from the festival. Uh, Wiz Khalifa, Chance the Rapper, Billie Eilish, a lot of uh, performers will be there, so it's, it's going uh, to be something remarkable and incredible. So stay tuned for that. Uh, and thank you for tuning in. Talk to you later.